So the Bible says in Philippians 4, verse number 1, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Yodius and beseech Suntukai that they be of the same mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also. And remember, this is the Apostle Paul. He's writing the, Phil, uh, the Philippians, the church of Philippi, believers. Uh, they had been reached. This church had been planted, been started on his second mission trip uh, that he was going around. And so he says in verse 3, And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men, the Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren... Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Let's pray. God, I do thank you for the privilege to be here tonight. God, I'm so thankful that you are with each and every member as they are scattered abroad here, as they're tuning in. And we are so thankful, uh, as Jesus said, it was necessary for him to go so the Holy Spirit would come and be with us and in, and in us and, and in the heart of every believer, every Christian. And God, I'm so grateful that your word and your Holy Spirit are not bound by the walls of the church here, but you are able to speak to us as only you can. You're able to give us exactly what you want us to have tonight. God, I pray that you'd help me to say exactly what you want me to say and to help me refrain from saying what I shouldn't. God, that you would give us exactly what you want us to have. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. One of my heroes, which many are going to say this, is the Apostle Paul. I love the testimony of the Apostle Paul, how God used him. I love how the uh, the Lord used Peter as well, another one of my heroes. And uh, you look at this portion of Scripture. The Apostle Paul wrote many epistles in the New Testament. God used them in, in, in wonderful ways to do other things as well, but God certainly used them to write some books. And these were letters, epistles, that would go back to the people that God had already allowed him to reach. And so I'd like to give us a little bit of a foundational understanding of this, this portion of Scripture before we jump into it. As we see, the Apostle Paul was in prison when he wrote this epistle. As a matter of fact... Over half of, of the epistles that were written were written while Paul was in prison and the, the Christians were in suffering. What is the time frame? Philippi was a city that was in the Roman Empire. And at that point in time, there was a ruler named Nero. And it's very, very important for us to understand the context and the setting of this portion of Scripture and what he's giving to the children of God here. So Nero, he took control when he was about 16 years old. And as I was studying this out, he killed himself when he was 30 years old. But Nero was very aggressive at persecuting Christians. Uh, Nero even burnt half of Rome and tried to blame it on Christians so that they could be killed and they could be persecuted. So many of these epistles were written under great persecution. Nero would take their homes, the Christians, and it wasn't just in Rome. He was scattered going throughout the Roman Empire to different places, and Philippi was one of those places. So Nero would go and he would take their jobs and he would take their homes, and, and Nero would make sure that they were burned at the stake or that they were put into uh, the stadium to be run around as a game for, for wild, wild animals to, to go after these Christians and to tear them apart. And so the Apostle Paul is in Rome. He understands what's taking place with his dearly beloved. Look, if you will, at verse number 1. He says, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown. In other words, he's writing the believers in Philippi. He's writing the Philippians, and he's telling them, I love you. I long for you. I'm not able to be with you. You are the joy and, uh, and my crown that I have. 
But he says to those Christians, he says, stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. And so the first thing that we want to understand tonight is this. He is is striving to help these believers have the proper perspective in their situation and in their persecution. The Bible tells us here in verse number three, he says, and I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel. In other words, he's concerned about different ones. He's concerned about the women that had labored. He's, he's calling out a yoke fellow, although we don't know 100% for sure who that was. But look at, he hits everybody in verse three at the end. And with other my fellow labors. So the apostle Paul, who's in prison, He understands. He has the wisdom of God in his life. And so God is using him to write the Philippians and to tell them this. Have the proper perspective. Have the proper perception in the difficulties that you are facing. And he's charging them. He's challenging them. He's saying, go forward. Trust God. Stand fast in the Lord. He goes beyond that. Verse 4, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Apostle Paul is wanting them to have proper perspective. He's wanting them to have the proper perception of their situation and their circumstances. And he's telling them in their difficulties, in their circumstances, in the persecution. And I try and think to myself, how how could I comprehend what these people were facing? Because they would get up in the morning, you, you would imagine, they knew those that had already been killed. They knew those that had already been persecuted. They knew those that, that had already lost their homes because of simply being a child of God and loving God and recognizing who God was. Were they rewarded for that? Yes, in in their personal life. God blessed them, God helped them. But God did not take the persecution away. God allowed that. And I try and picture what would be a a current day country where maybe it's similar to this and it, it caused me to think of Iran. Christians that live there know they could be taken, they could be slain in any moment. These are people, these are Christians that were facing anything, something that I've never faced myself, that's for sure. We've got to let that set in. We've got to understand what was actually taking place. This is serious. And folks, we understand that there are challenges right now in America But folks, we are not getting up in the morning wondering if mom or dad is going to be taken away for their stand and love for God. These people face that. That was very real in their life. We've got to try and understand that, to feel what they were going through, what they were facing. And yet, Paul says to them, Rejoice in the Lord always. You've got to be kidding me. Rejoice in the Lord whenever this persecution is real, whenever we've lost our home. We we don't even know we're going to be next. You know, other believers maybe would take them in and give them a bed to sleep on. And, and, And they were facing challenges. And the Apostle Paul said, no, no, no. It's not woe is me. It's not, I can't bear this. It's rejoice in the Lord always. Always. He is telling them, The one who had been beaten, the one who had been left for dead multiple times, and and, and at least one time God raised him up. I'm talking about real suffering, real persecution. And he's saying, you've got to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. It's repeated. Inspired words of God, rejoice in the Lord always. No matter what you are facing, Philippians, the church of Philippi, believers, children of God, no matter what you are facing, God says we are to rejoice in the Lord. Verse number five, and we're talking about the proper perceptive, the proper perspective. 
We've got to have that. It starts with that. These people had that. The Bible says, let your moderation be known unto all men. This is incredible. You look at the word moderation, and and moderation means graciousness. Moderation means patience. Can you imagine this? The Apostle Paul is talking to them, and he's, he's, he knows what they're going through. They are facing blood, blood persecution, potential of dying for their faith. And he says, rejoice in the Lord and let your graciousness, your patience be known unto all men. Boy, that means that Paul is telling them and God is telling them, you are facing real persecution. Some that you know have already died. Some could die even today. But you are to rejoice in the Lord, no matter what you're facing. Rejoice in the Lord. And let your graciousness, let your patience Let the gospel, let who is in you, shine forth to all men. That means they were not allowed to just hide in a cave. Hide in fear. But they were supposed to let the joy of the Lord be in them. And they were to shine this forth to all men. They had a proper perspective. Their perception was very real in the Lord. The Bible says at the end of verse 5, and he reminds them, he says, and I love this, folks, I love this. It says, let your moderation be known unto all men. It says, the Lord is at hand. And so the Apostle Paul, the one who had gone through suffering, the one that knows, he, 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 history teaches us that he was killed, he was put to death, Obviously, God allowed it. He was put to death at the hand of Nero, and so was Peter as well. So so in Nero's lifetime, he was responsible, if you will. God allowed it. He he allowed Paul to be killed. He allowed Peter to be killed. And and Paul is sitting there in Rome knowing this is it. I'm not out of here. Most likely, I'm not getting out. And he says to his his children, he calls them, his beloved, those that he, he had reached, God had used them to reach. He says to them, he says, look, let your moderation be known unto all men. Why? Because the Lord is at hand. God's near. God's near. Go with me to Acts 17, verse 27. Acts Acts 17, verse 27. The Bible tells us in Acts 17, 27, it says this, it says, Acts 17, 27, that they should seek the Lord. Look at this now. If haply they might feel after him and find him. Look, I love this. Though he be not far from every one of us. And the Apostle Paul is telling them, he's telling these the, the children there, his, his converts, he's saying to them, have the joy of the Lord, even though you know you could die. Even though you know that, that Nero could, could get his soldiers and take your, your family, some of your family, and they could be killed as well. Have the joy of the Lord in your life, and remember, remember the Lord is near. And the Bible says that he is not far from every one of us. He's near. But I think we can also understand that I believe the Apostle Paul is saying, as we've understood from the Scriptures, go with me, if you will, to Matthew 24, verse 36. The Lord was with them. He's saying to them, He's near. What comfort. What comfort to know this. He was there with them. And folks, He's with us also. He's near. He's near. Our God is near. Us. Matthew 24, verse number 36 says this. I believe also he was challenging them because he had taught them this, that the return of Christ could come at any moment. Folks, listen. It was, it was understood in that day. It was preached in that day 
that Jesus Christ could come. And, and, and you would say, were they, were they tricking? Were they being deceptive? No, the Bible says only God knows when the return of Christ is coming and when it's near. And so Paul is saying, hey, it could happen. Uh, children, uh, my children of the church there in Philippi, it could happen. It could take place. Jesus could come. His return is near. Be faithful. Have joy. Rejoice in him. Have the right perspective. The right perspective, a proper perspective. And so the Bible here says in Matthew 24, verse 36, we'll go back to Philippians. It says, but of that day and hour knoweth no man, know not the angels of heaven, but who? But my Father only. Look at you all, verse 42. Watch therefore, the words of Christ, watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. Go back, if you will, to Philippians chapter 4, please, with me. So, it's important that we springboard from the first point, and that is this, have the proper perspective of who God is. Folks, we heard that this morning. Wonderful thoughts, wonderful facts, wonderful truths from the Word of God of who God is, never changes, never lies. He's always with us. Never will forsake us. And here, the church of Philippi, verses 1 to 5, they had the proper perspective. Proper perspective. Now look, if you will, verse 6. It's important because we're going to go back to the proper perspective. We have to have the proper perspective of who God is and what he will do and what he has already done. Look, if you will, verse number 6, and it says this, and he's continuing. Let's just read verses 4. Let's start at verse 4 again for sake of context. Rejoice in the Lord always, he says. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. There was a graciousness about them going through this persecution. The Lord is at hand. He's with you. The Lord is with you. He's coming soon. It's possible. And then he begins verse number 6 with this. Be careful for nothing. Be careful for nothing. Verse number six is an amazing verse dealing with prayer. But he starts off this verse reminding them that they are not to worry. Brother Andrew mentioned this this morning, that it's, it's real in our lives. Anxiety, worry, cares. But we are commanded by God, be careful for nothing. Did you know we are commanded by God not to worry? We're commanded by God not to worry. It says, be careful for nothing. What do we do with that? Well, we have the right perspective of who God is, and we understand what he commands us to do. The Bible says in verse number six, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And I submit to you this evening, the truth of it is this. They had the proper perspective of who God was, so they are going to go to God in prayer properly. And the Bible says that they they are to take their prayers, they are to take their supplications, uh, the, uh, which means cares, worries, problems, difficulties. And the Bible says that in everything by prayer and supplication, they are to go to God and let those things be made known unto God. Now, I've got a little something here. Folks, you know, the reality of it is this. Before the virus was ever here, we had worries, cares, problems, difficulties. And folks, while the virus is here, that's just one of them. And once the virus is gone, we're still going to have problems. We're going to have cares. We're going to have burdens. We're going to have difficulties. Because God allows those in our life. God allowed 
these folks to be killed. Some of them. He allowed it. God allows us to have burdens and difficulties and cares. Yours may be different than mine. Mine, probably different than yours. I remember very clearly about four and a half years ago um, when, uh, you know, we were at the doctor's and Charlotte was with me there in in the, the room there, the doctor's office. And, you know, I'd already told her, I said, look, you know, I think, you know, probably it's going to be cancer. That's what I think. You know, my brother had passed from it at age 27, and I'd always wondered if that was a possibility for me. And so God, in his all-knowingness, and as being all-powerful, allowed me to have that burden, that care. Some have lost maybe a job through this time. That's a burden. That's a care. Some, some maybe have a relative that's sick. That's a burden. That's a care. Maybe it's a financial difficulty. It's a burden. It's a care. And I am, I'm not making light of that at all. It's very real. It's very real. So, the Bible says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, what are we to do? Let your requests be made known unto God. If I have the proper perspective of who God is, and get this truth, if I have the proper understanding of who God is, then I'm going to take my burden and I'm going to give it to God. And when God allows me to have that burden, that problem, that difficulty, when He allows me to have that, I've got to have the right perspective of God. Brother, can you give me? If I don't have the right perspective of God, then I'm going to get confused about who God is and why He allows these things. And and if I don't have the right perspective of God, then it's going to toss me sideways. I'm going to be like that, that ship just all over the place. Because my perspective of God, I'm looking at my burden, and I'm not looking at it correctly. I've allowed it to confuse me. Then, then all of us, and this is so true, God allows us to have problems, difficulties, maybe financial, it may be health. You know, God allows those things to come into our life. And so if, if, if my perspective of God's wrong, I get confused. And then all of a sudden, and I was looking at this, and, and to me, you know, you look, you look it over a little bit, you'll see a question mark. Then I start questioning who God is, and I start questioning why. God, why? God, why? Why would you allow me to go through this? God, you say that you, we, we understand, Brother Andrew said this morning, you can do anything. You created the world. All of this is just nothing for you. You could wipe this virus out. You could remove this heartache. You could remove this difficulty. And, and, and I lose perspective of who God is and, and trusting His Word and allowing Him to be who He is and, 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 and in my life. And I question Why, God? Why would you allow this to happen to me? I've tried to serve you. I've tried to be faithful. Paul could have said that. And then all of a sudden, we can get mad at God. That can happen. Get worked up. God, I mean, think of these, these, these folks that, you know, they're saved. Listen, what were they guilty of? They were guilty of loving God. And now some of them have, have lost their homes and they've lost their jobs and some of them have been killed. And, 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 and someone could sit around and say, well, my relative was killed. Why? Because they followed you, God. And so, God, I'm mad. And I don't understand you. And we can treat God that way with anger when he allows us to have problems, 
challenge. And look, it may not be something that everybody else knows about, is seeing. But why, God? If you love me, if you love me, why? Why would you allow me to go through this? So we can, does, pers- does our perception and our perspective about God matter? Yes. Because it's how we view our burdens, our problems, our difficulties. We can even allow them to get us down. Blue. Folks, God will allow us to face difficulties. They are coming. God never promised us that we would have a life of ease. He promised us His presence no matter what. And and having peace, having peace in the persecution, in the storm, in the difficulties that God allows us to go through, it's peace is having His presence. It's not an absence of those things. It's not a removing of my problems and then I'll have peace. It's God saying, I give it to you. You must bear this. You must learn to give it to me. And then you will have peace in your heart and life. Go with me, if you will, to 1 Peter 5. Let's go to 1 Peter 5. Folks, we're looking at two of the heroes, heroes of the Word of God in this portion of Scripture tonight, this message. Look, if you will, 1 Peter 5, verse 7. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, verse 7, and remember, Paul is telling them, be careful for nothing, but in everything. By prayer, talking to God. Supplication, requests, cares. Let your requests be made known unto God. Peter says, and remember Peter who was crucified upside down, history teaches us. What does he say about this whole thing? Folks, you know, these men were greatly used by God, but they went through great persecution and difficulty and had the presence of God with them. 1 Peter 5 verse number 7 says this, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. We heard this morning a wonderful thing about God and who he is, and and God's amazing. He's amazing. We we can't properly understand completely who he is. He says his ways are past finding out. Look at you at first Peter five seven though, and he says, Casting this is Peter, casting all your care upon him. For what? For he careth for you. When we have a proper perspective of who God is, Brother Dan's going to help me out. You can stand right there, brother. When we, can you get him? When we have a proper perspective, and get this, this is it right here. When we have a proper perspective of who God is, and God allows us to have a burden that we carry, a problem, a difficulty, a trial, it might be a difficulty with a relative. It, 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 might, it might be you know, weakness it, that, that we have to go to God. But the Bible tells us here in, in verse number 7 of the, uh, 1 Peter 5, it says this. Peter says this. The Word of God says this. We are, when we have trials and we have difficulties and we have cares, the Bible says that we are to cast them to God. Now, let me have that back, brother, if you will. Notice the Bible doesn't say, hand it to God. Because picture this, if I can hand my problem to God, what's going to be my fleshly tendency in nature to hold on to it? Because I've just handed it to him. Well, God, you know, uh, so true. So true. When, when God allows you to face a difficult situation, and maybe it is a sickness unto death. Maybe, 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 maybe they've told you cancer. And, and, and you've got to, to grasp the truth of the Word of God where God says, you have got to cast that difficulty. You've got to cast that burden on God. Because if I'm just handing it to God, my human flesh is going to want, my nature is going to be just to keep one hand on it and say, God and I can handle this together. We can do this together. But you know, God allows us to take those things back. God allows us to cast something upon the Lord 
Remember, He cares for us. He allows us to cast something on Him, and He's not going to fight us when we go back over there, which is, which is a problem. It's wrong. We can give something to the Lord, and then ten minutes later, what are we doing? We're worried. Well, the Bible says be careful for nothing. Don't worry. So we have got to understand the concept of what the Apostle Paul is saying here, as well as Peter, that when God allows us to have a trial, when something in our life is not what we think it should be, we have to go back to a proper perspective and understanding of who God is, and God will not put more on us than we can bear. And we've got to get up in the morning and we've got to say, God, I cannot face this problem without you. I am casting it to you. And I'm leaving it there today. You know, there are some things that we face, folks, that every day we've got to do this right here. There are, there are decisions in our life. There are, are things that we face that if we just once and for all, We cast it upon the Lord, who, by the way, Brother Andrew said, never makes a mistake. He can handle all things. If we will cast it to him, he cares for us. He can handle it. There are some things God allows us to face that it's a one-time deal. But I submit to you tonight this truth, that God allows us to go through problems, trials, difficulties every day. And guess what we've got to do every morning? God, you love me. All things work together for good. I'm your child. Can't handle the situation with a relative or with my health. God, today, I've got to give this to you. And we cast that care upon him. Thank you, brother. Let's go back to Philippians 4. Oh, this is such a truth that we, we must grasp. We must understand. Paul is wanting them to have the right perspective about who God is so that they could take their cares to him. Folks, you are never going to take your cares, your problems, your trials, your difficulties. You're never going to take them to God. They're going to block you where you don't. If you, if you hang on to them, then, then you don't see God as you should see him. And then, and then you won't see others as you should see them also. It's like, how you doing today, brother? Well, I can't see you. I can't listen to your challenges and difficulties in life because I'm consumed with my own burden here. I'm consumed with my own difficulty. And, and that's about me. It's all about me. He says, no, understand who God is and cast those burdens away. Cast that difficulty upon him. He can handle it. We've got to do that so that we can be who we're supposed to be for others. I will not be the husband I'm supposed to be if all I do is carry my my burdens, my difficulties, my challenges. And that's all I do is focus on that. And then at that point, I'm no good to her. I can't be the proper dad that I'm supposed to be for Ashlyn if, if I'm just down, consumed, not willing to cast it upon a God who can, upon a God who made the whole earth, the stars, the moon, everything. God did all that. My burden to Him, my difficulty is a, a speck of sand. Yet if I carry that myself, it weighs me down. I've got to face it today myself. I can't trust God with this. He just, you know, he just doesn't seem to be handling like I think he should. So I'm going to carry this today. And it affects our Christian walk. It affects our daily living. We'll never be who God wants us to be for him and for others. If all we are is consumed about me, my problem. Look, if you will, back to Philippians 4. And it said, may God help us to daily give before him and say, God, I cannot, but you can. You can. And so, God, I'm casting all my care upon you. That means it's being separated from me. That's what casting means, throwing. Throwing. 
you know, when you go out fishing, you, you know, we always wanted the best cast. I mean, the furthest we could get that thing, we would cast that out there. We didn't just right there by the bank. I mean, we were trying to get that as far as we can. And God is saying, a God who can handle it like it's nothing. Yet understanding, we have to release it to Him, cast it to Him. And He will not make us do that. That is the incredible thing about God. He can do anything and everything. But His desire is that we willingly, willfully cast our care on Him. Because it shows that we understand who He is and who we are not. We can't handle it. We can't bear it. We have to give it to Him. Go with me, if you will, to verse number 6. It says this, Be careful for nothing, but in everything. I love that, in everything. That means, uh, it's today the 20th of September. That means September 20th, 2020. That's also included in there. Anything that we are facing, any difficulties, any challenges, any heartaches, Folks, we can't bear that ourselves. We're to cast our care upon Him, for He careth for us. So it says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with, look at this, thanksgiving. What does that mean with thanksgiving? You know what that means? That means you understand that you can give thanks when you give that to the Lord, because He can handle it. You know... I remember, and I was talking about this, and and this is real for me, so I share it. But, you know, that day there at the doctor's office, you know, my wife was there. She was right there next to me. And as soon as the doctor came in and, you know, you know, said, I hate to inform you, you know, you've got cancer. My, My wife immediately, she put her hand on my shoulder. She was there. And she offered her encouragement Sympathy. But I submit to you tonight this. I I thank God for that. But my wife couldn't touch my heart like God with this problem. And there were several nights in a row there where I'd get up in the middle of the night and go into the living room and just lay on the couch. And I personally, I could have talked to 200 people about it and they would have felt sympathy for me. But they would not have been able to touch my heart like God when I gave it to Him. When God allows us to go through things, we have to give it to the one who can. We have to cast our care upon Him, our supplications upon Him. Why? Number three, and that's this, because only God can give peace that passeth all understanding. The Bible says here, and, and the Apostle Paul is trying to encourage those, those folks. He's saying, listen, the right perspective of who God is, praying properly, giving your supplications to Him. God can handle it. Look, there's nothing you're going through that He has not been through. The Word of God tells us that. There's nothing that you're going through that He cannot handle. For Him, He can do it all. He can do anything, as we heard this morning. He is the God who can. And He's saying, you as believers must cast your cares upon Him. Bring your petitions, your supplications to Him. And verse number 7 is the result, and that's this. The peace of God comes to those who pray and cast their cares on Him. Verse number 7. And the peace of God, look at this, and the peace of God, what kind of peace? Which passeth all understanding. The Bible tells us very clearly here, point number 3 is this. They had the right perspective. They were praying properly. They were giving their cares to God. They were trusting Him. And... As an end result, and please get this, as an end result of their understanding who God was and taking their prayers and their supplications to Him, that did not mean that God removed the persecution. That did not mean that, that, that God removed the, the difficulty. That does not mean that God, God removed the problem. But what God did was something even greater. The Bible says God 
peace past all understanding. No man could do that. No woman could do that for them. God touches the heart and there's peace. Peace. The world can't comprehend that peace that God gives to his children when we cast the cares on him, understanding who he is. He can handle it. And he may allow me to continue in this thing, but if I will cast my cares, my problems, my difficulties on him, trust him, the Bible says the result is peace. Peace is a wonderful thing. Peace is a a glorious thing to have. And only God can give that. But it is a byproduct of releasing or casting all our cares on Him. And I mean, you listen, you've got to let it go. Trust Him that He can handle it. And no matter what He brings your way, the peace of God is real. The Bible says in Isaiah 26, verse 3, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. So what's that tell me? When I get my minds off the Lord, the peace goes. When I try and bear that burden myself, that trial, that difficulty that God's allowed me to go through, when I try and carry that, then then there's no peace. No peace. The Bible says in Colossians 3, verse 15, And let the peace of God... Rule in your hearts. I want to go back to Isaiah 26, 3. That would keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on thee. Why? Because he trusteth in thee. He trusteth in who? In the God that can. In the God that never fails. No matter what, he allows us to bear, to have in our life. Cast it on him daily. Maybe there's some trials that's going to have to be every couple hours. Difficulties, heartache, heartbreak. Listen, even a wayward child, you've got to give that to God. That will tear you apart if you try and bear that yourself. Try and figure that out yourself. You can't do that. You've got to give it to God. D.L. Moody says this. Some people think God does not like to be troubled with our constant coming and asking. But the way to trouble God is not to come at all. So we have God, the Heavenly Father, who's all-powerful. And He's not troubled that we're continually coming to Him, casting it on Him. And sometimes we pick that thing back up again and, and, and we start to worry. And He says, cast it on Him again. And, and if you've got to, cast it again. And, and the next morning, cast it again on Him so you can be who God wants you to be for Him that day in your family and out there. So we cast it and we cast and we cast it and that doesn't trouble God. What troubles God is the child of God that has the burdens and has the difficulties and and they don't go to God at all with it and they try and bear it themselves. You can't do it. We cannot. God allows us to face things that will cause us to have to put our complete trust in Him that He is able. So we cast it upon Him. And God gives us peace that passeth all understanding when we do that. The Bible says in Psalm 29, verse 11, The Lord will give strength unto who? Unto His people. The Lord will bless His people with what? With peace. This peace repels doubts, fears, worry. And again, I submit to you this evening this truth. We do not have to have perfect circumstances to have perfect peace in our lives. And if we are expecting God to give us perfect circumstances before we're going to sell out and serve Him faithfully, it's not going to happen. Because in the Word of God, you see everywhere. You see Daniel was in the He was in with the lions. Is that, is that a God how you treat your children? No, God, God blesses Daniel with peace to say, I can go in there and no matter what, God is all to me. And if I perish,
perish, I perish. But God is on the throne and I will trust him. God was delivered. But God, God didn't have to deliver him for God to be God. But God did promise to give him peace, help, strength through that storm. Folks, listen, it's so easy for us to say, God, remove this, and God, take this, and, 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 and God's not good if he doesn't do this, or, or, or if he doesn't take this away. No! We've got to understand the right perspective of God. God knows all. God can do all. And sometimes God allows us to go through trials and persecution and difficulties, but we know He's faithful. We know He'll never forsake us. We know His presence is real in our life. And we cast and we cast and we cast. And God gives peace and peace and peace to face life for Him and be who we're supposed to be. The Bible says, verse 7, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall do what? The last point. It will help us persevere. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We see a pattern here. I love this, folks. This is life. This is life. Having the proper perspective of who God is, that God does not operate on our wishes, our time frame, our schedule. God is who He is. God will not change. God will not forsake me. He will not leave me. He is near to every one of us. I rejoice in those things. And I give my cares, my supplications to him. And he gives the peace that passeth all understanding. Folks, listen, I know. When I, I'm just going to be real with you, very real. I know that if I don't get up in the morning, if I don't get up in the morning and say, God, I can't do it today without you. You've got to have your help. And I'm real with God. And then I pray and I... Cast, cast my petitions, my prayer requests. People that I love, I, I, you know, that are going through difficulties, I don't want to see them go through, but I, but I cast those things on Him. And I separate those things from me. Then the peace of God comes that passes all understanding and allows me to persevere for Him that day. And that's the Christian life. That's the way it's supposed to be. The Apostle Paul said that right here. He said, Christians, understand who God is. Have the right perspective. You can carry, you can carry your burdens, or you can cast them on me. And casting them on him will give us peace. And the Bible says at the end of verse 7, shall keep your hearts and mind through yourself? No. We don't get God's help. We don't get God's strength if we don't have the right perception and understanding and perspective about who He is. Because we're not going to give Him all these cares and burdens and difficulties unless we understand who He is. We give that to Him. God gives us peace. And He gives us the strength to serve Him as He wants us to serve Him. God allows every one of us to face different circumstances, different things, different challenges. But God gave peace and strength to the Apostle Paul that even in the time of death, he was able to say, I finished my course well. You know, no matter who we are, if you're a child of God, you can finish well. But we will not finish well if we're going to carry our burdens, our problems, our challenges, our difficulties, ourself. But if we'll cast them to the one who can, he'll give us peace and strength, which we all need. It's available to every one of us. And then the Bible says here, he shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We will be who we're supposed to be for his honor and glory if we will strive to do that. 
So are we going to carry it or cast it upon him? He cares for us and is able. So maybe there's something in your life, challenges, difficulties, problems. Listen, it can creep up in us. God's not fair. God's not fair. Why does he allow me to face this? Why isn't so-and-so going through this? I've been faithful. We've got to get back to the understanding that the absence of difficulties in our life does not mean that God's still on the throne. He's on the throne no matter what. He just allows us to go through these things. Why? So that we can understand we're weak, and we can understand that we have to cast these things upon Him because He can handle it. Maybe there's someone listening this evening. I know I haven't hit salvation a lot, but but maybe there's someone that's listening tonight, and you have never been saved. The peace of God is waiting for you. I remember when I was a nine-year-old boy in Xenia, Kansas, I had fought... I had fought and fought and fought getting saved. But that Sunday night in September of 1979, when I got on my knees next to my pastor and I called out and and, and received Christ, immediately there was peace. And that peace is something God wants us to experience on a daily basis as children of God, as we put Him in the right place in our lives. But if you've never received Christ, Jesus Christ has died for you. He will save you if you will only allow Him to. And if you have a desire to know more about Christ, I would encourage you to call the church, reach out to someone here. They would count an honor to be able to talk to you. And then we as Christians, unless the Lord tarries His coming or a bomb drops on us in the night, we've got tomorrow morning again. And how are we going to start that day? Are we going to carry it throughout the day with us? Our heartaches, challenges, difficulties, problems? Or are we going to cast it and get up with the strength and peace of God in our life to be who He wants us to be for that day? Let's pray. God, I thank You for Your Word. I thank You for the truth of it. God, we need Your help. You know this. I'm so thankful that... You are so faithful to give peace when we 